Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Hey, thanks for joining us again. Welcome to episode four of the Kevin and Philip Project. Hope you everybody out there is enjoying this so far. We definitely appreciate all the comments, so keep them coming. I've had a couple good texts this week from some friends and a lot of good feedback, a few uh, constructive criticisms, but uh, definitely uh, enjoy hearing from our listeners and and keep letting us know how we're doing. We're we're having fun doing this, but we also want you guys to enjoy it and be entertained by it. So if you have any ideas. Or, hey, you know what, you want to come on the show and, and have a conversation with us about something. If it's a good idea and we want to we want to move forward with it, we'll get you on here. So one thing you could do to help us out real quick is to go to our Facebook page. Right underneath the photo of the microphone on our Facebook page, there's a rectangular button that says Share. And it has an arrow next to it. If you click that button and share that on Facebook, that'll let all your friends see that as well. We definitely want to get our reach out and get a lot more people listening to this podcast. And so if you like it and you're open to sharing that, if you could help us out and do that and get some more people following our Facebook page so they know when when things are coming out, that'll help us out quite a bit. The other thing you can do is uh, when you go to your podcast player is subscribe to that because we know how many people will be subscribing to our podcast and how many people are downloading that on a weekly basis when those new ones come out. So both of those things can help us out. And you know what? One thing you could even do is... I'm not going to condone stealing a cell phone, but grab one of your friend's cell phone and and uh, have them download that podcast and subscribe to it, and then give the phone back to them. That that'll help us out great. So, um, first off, I want to start off by apologizing for the sound on the last episode. Uh, I was trying to solve some issues that we had with some microphones and some feedback we were getting, and and some echoes in there. And unfortunately, I'm not a audio expert, and I tried to do a few things that I probably shouldn't have been trying to do. So I apologize for that. We're going to make it better on this one. Hopefully the sound's a lot better. Let us know if it is or it's not, but I'm not going to play with the mixer at all on this one. I'm going to leave it alone right where it's at. So hopefully the sound will be a lot better. So We're recording at three o'clock on Saturday. Boomer Sooner. We'll get hey, into that in just a minute, but uh, another big 12 championship for the Sooner. So a pretty happy day for me. <laughs> and I had one pick that uh, Kevin went against while we made our picks this week. Appalachian State won by half a point. So, good day for me so far. Now, if uh, Georgia will go ahead and lose tonight, I'll be in better shape. But, again, like he says, thanks for listening. I think we were going to talk a little bit about how we met. Uh, this is uh, this is the fourth time we've met. No, it's just the fourth <laughs> time we've met with you guys. But uh, but Kevin and I, I'll let him start by he's – a, he's a longtime Salina guy, so he actually – would have had to taken me in because when I moved here uh, back in 06, I didn't know one soul in the town of Salina. Never met up, had not met one person. Came here on a on a limb of faith and uh, started meeting people through where Kevin. Well, I'm getting old, so I don't I don't know if I remember this correctly, but it's got to be through Ambucks, I think, is when we initially met. I think when I first got to know you, Philip was, I mean, we had breakfast together and sat at the same table. We had some mutual friends, but uh, probably softball one of those first summers yes. when I joined Ambucks. Well, that's probably, I might have joined Ambucks in 07, summer of 07. And uh, Ambucks might have been the greatest thing that ever happened to me as far as uh, getting to know people in this town. The Breakfast Bandits, which is a great group, 
I met, inter- got introduced to a lot of people, met a lot of people, and like he said, we uh, had a softball team back in those days, and uh, we all played softball and sat over at the softball fields. Had many, a few beers. Many, th- was that Thursday nights, wasn't it? It we was. Played th- Thursday I think it was nights, Thursday nights. Every yep. Thursday night in the summer, pretty long season, and I think we played together about six years, but you got we got to know each other more out at the uh, softball fields than anywhere, because we would go before the game, different guys would bring, bring beer or water on certain nights, but then uh, then we would all uh, stay after the games and watch the games afterwards and uh, got to meet each other's wives and everything during that time. And so uh, that's really where the relationship began. Yeah, it was, it was pretty serious on the softball front. I mean, we didn't always get the schedule out to everybody, but we damn sure had a beer list that everybody <laughs> knew who was bringing beer that week. <laughs> uh, and into about our sixth year of Ambuck softball and the injuries started piling up, <laughs> Many of us decided to dart over to the golf course instead, so we started golfing instead of uh, instead of the uh, weekly instead of the weekly softball game. So we haven't played softball now in probably seven years. Oh, it's it's been a long time. Yeah, I don't even know the last time I played a game. So no, I, I wasn't even interested in the end of playing anymore. It got where the seemed to me kids got younger and stronger, and I got slower and fatter. And uh, the fun of it was sitting around after the games. Yeah. So, Yep, softball got in the way of our beer drinking, that's yeah. for sure. So, yeah, and and so, and I appreciate you bringing up Ambucks. Actually, um, it's kind of a joke at Ambucks when they found out I was doing a podcast and I was going to get fined every week that we had a podcast and didn't bring up Ambucks. So I'm no longer going to be fined right. since we're bringing it up. Go but, Ambucks. Uh, yeah, I definitely, anybody listening out there that's not familiar with the organization, go check it out. Um, it's just to give you a quick uh, kind of synopsis of what the group is. We meet every Friday morning for breakfast. Uh, your attendance is obviously not required, but uh, we're a civic organization. Have I think like 150 chapters over 30 states, so pretty good sized organization. We do a lot of things with Amtrak, so we uh, we give Amtraks to uh, disabled veterans and to children with some disabilities. Build a lot of wheelchair ramps. I think we're up almost to 350 wheelchair ramps here in town now that we've built. Um, I don't do that part of it because all I do is get in the way on that thing. I'm, not, I'm definitely not a construction type of guy. But uh, we do scholarships for uh, local kids that are going into therapy fields. Um, we also do some monthly sponsorships, helping some people out with some travel costs and, and maybe specialty glasses or things like that for some kids that are going through some things. So there's actually a couple of chapters here in Salina. that We have the Breakfast Bandits. It's the Friday morning group, that's more of a guy's group. We do have a couple of females in there now, but uh, for the most part, it's historically been mostly guys, and then there's a new network group. Is Lisa part of that group? She has been in the past. Yep, yeah. okay. Yeah, so there's a new network group as well that's more on the ladies' side that gets together on Thursdays for lunch. So if you uh, are interested in attending, let me know. I'd be more than happy to have you come to a meeting and see if you uh, are all about that and want to join. But uh I go back over all these years, and I'll think in the 14 years that uh, I've made friends in Salina, 95% of my friends come out of Ambucks. Yep. That I, the, the guys that took me in and let me be a part of their groups and invited me to their golf games, invited me to softball, invited me just to come out and, and uh, have a drink or anything like that, were all Ambucks. So uh, we owe a lot just of uh, friendships and everything for, to Ambucks. And I, and I think anybody could – could uh, grow from that if they're a new person in Salina that's it's a group you should just immediately go to gravitate towards yep no I I definitely agree with that I think 
I've, I've kind of got two groups of friends right now, and one of them's on my kid's sports side because you just spend so much time traveling, hotels, yep. all that kind of stuff. So I kind of have a group of friends there that uh, that we travel with a lot for, for softball, basketball, volleyball, those kind of things. But then I have <laughs> my other group of friends, every one of them's through Ambucks. And yep. uh, so I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, most of the people I hang out with on a weekly basis are all – people that I either met through Ambucks or I met through people that I met through yep. Ambucks. So I, I, I might even go as high as a hundred percent outside of my close. buddy Shane and him and his wife, uh, his wife babysitted the kids when we first moved here. He's my first best friend. When I got up here, he never has joined Ambucks, but he goes to work at four o'clock in the morning. So not everybody gets to, has to do that. So, yep. yep. <laughs> hey, we, we were talking about odd stories and we said every week we were going to do an odd story. I wanted to start it off. I'm not an expert on this yet, but I want to tell you just some stories I heard about the CDB laws in Oklahoma. Of course, uh, you know, they've practically legalized marijuana in Oklahoma. You have to still go get your card, but uh, to get the card is very simple. I, yeah. think, it's, I think as long as you have a money in your hand, you can go ahead and get it. But something that, that was strange to me or hit me a little funny, I heard stories in this last week. I've got a, a brother-in-law who's got a girlfriend who uh, who works for – bank first in Oklahoma and and my mother-in-law Reba she uh does CPA work during the during the uh tax season and uh they are getting to hear about these laws but basically it's strictly a cash business they can't the, the banks in Oklahoma can't even make change for the businesses they can't even carry in a wad of cash and say I just need fives tens and ones banks won't accept that accept that transaction because uh, and they won't they won't let them open checking accounts so it's it's primarily a all-cash business. Now, in the last few weeks, the state of Oklahoma's figured out, hey, we still want these people paying our taxes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They so, want the tax money. So what was people were having to do is drive from all over the state of Oklahoma and take large amounts large amounts of cash to the state capitol to pay the tax man every month. <laughs> well, they finally figured out we don't want this many people showing up with this much cash every month, so we've got to do something. So they are, they're now allowing Bank First as the only bank in the state where that you can take and and they will make your tax payment for you, but uh, see, there's another business now from CBD. Isn't that something? It's it's un, it's just I don't really have a lot to say about it. Opinion one way or the other, I just feel it's very odd that they. It sounds to me like you ever watched that show uh, Ozarks where Marty Bird is yep. is a uh, you know laundering money left and right. It yep. sounds to me like it could be the laundering business yep. of a lifetime. So. Anybody out there that wants to help launder a little money, call Kevin. Yeah, or if you just need to buy some some tech, buy some servers or something like that, <laughs> let me know. I'm down in Oklahoma all the time. So oh. actually, that's a great segue into something I was going to mention to you, Philip. That uh, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but um, you know, as, as I just mentioned, and and some of you probably know, maybe some of you out there that don't know me don't. But uh, I spend a lot of time in Oklahoma for work. I'm, I'm usually down there for at least a couple of days every Boomer week. sooner. <laughs> is that just a requirement when you hear the word Oklahoma? Yeah, you got to say that. Say it right afterwards. So actually, I had a, a rep, and I know he's going to be listening to this, so he's going to be laughing at me when I bring this up. But one of the uh, products that I sell, we have a rep down there based out of Oklahoma. He reached out to me after the Thanksgiving holiday, after listening to us last week, and uh, asked me where you were from. And most people I tell just kind of in the Ada area because most people probably, unless they're from Oklahoma, don't know where Asher is. But I, I was fairly certain he did. So I said, yeah, he's from Asher, Oklahoma. And uh, 
it's kind of interesting. He, uh, when I told him that, he started asking me all kinds of questions about you, about your age and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was kind of going back and forth with him. But one of his random questions, he asked, did he play baseball? I said, oh, yeah, he tells me every week how good Asher was at baseball. So, uh, yeah, so we were going back and forth. And it sounds like, uh, based on age and stuff, that he probably just missed you. Um, then he got one of my brothers. So he said, uh, he said that you guys recruited well and that you guys were a pretty good baseball team. We were team. known for recruiting. <laughs> I pretty thought, good. I thought maybe that he was a little bitter about something the way he, <laughs> he texted that. But, uh, you know, uh, he said he played against Kelly Love. Do you know a guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. The- Kelly Love. Matter of fact, Kelly just wrote me on Facebook today. I haven't heard from Kelly in a long time. I graduated with Kelly's brother. Kelly was a real good player. But uh, big old Indian boy, six foot five, big old good looking kid. Throw the heck out of the baseball. Went down to Laredo Junior College, but but anyway, he um, had an outside chance to get drafted. And I think he injured his arm. Um, but anyway, Kelly was on a team that won. We we went to a school in Oklahoma. There's like 125, 130 schools that do not play football. Believe it or not, we have a fall baseball schedule and a spring baseball schedule, and so you can win two state championships a year. I won seven out of eight and one runner-up while I was going through high school. And uh, But Kelly is one of the groups that won eight out of eight. Wow. You might bring that up to him. He <laughs> yeah. won all eight of them. No, he, he, seemed to, uh, he seemed to know it well. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Kelly's mom graduated from, from Asher. We always get accused of recruiting. And uh, my parents both graduated from Asher. Of course, I wasn't one of the good players. But of, of our team, you wouldn't believe how many Asher kids there were. Something in the water that made that school. Our coach is the winningest high school coach in the United States. More state championships than any other coach in uh, in the United States with uh, 46 state championships. So what you're saying is the baseball program was pretty, pretty successful. Pretty solid, I'll so. tell you. I, and I like talking about it. If anybody knew anything about it more, I can, I can go into any place in Oklahoma and sit down and talk about it, and they'll tell me about the one time they almost beat us. That's <laughs> It's kind of like being an OU fan. <laughs> So, well, he played at Alex. Are you familiar with oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So. I've been to Alex quite a bit. I used to umpire in Alex. So. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, well, he, uh, this, when, when him and I were exchanging the texts, that was before Bedlam. That was, I think it was Friday, maybe Thursday when we were exchanging those texts. So he asked me to let you have it for five minutes if, if the Pokes won. So we're <laughs> just going to skip ch- that and fat move chance. on. <laughs> yeah. fat so Alex is up near Stillwater. So. Okay. Yep. Yep. So he's, he's a big o- o- Oklahoma State fan. So, well, before we, uh, before we get into uh, some of the travel hacks and stuff that we were doing before, um, you were talking about crazy stories, and and uh, I've got uh, a couple of things I want to bring up. Um, first off, I want to ask everybody that owns a vehicle in Salina, if you guys could stop making right-hand turns from the left-hand lane, that would greatly make my drive significantly easier every day. I've seen this happen three times in the last eight days, and it just kills me. Monday, I'm coming home from work. I'm heading south down Ohio Street, and I'm in the inside lane, just cruising along, green light in front of me at cloud, and everybody comes to a standstill. So I hit my brakes trying to figure out what's going on. There is a minivan that was in the left in the left-hand turn lane that was getting ready to turn left, and at some point decided she wanted to go right instead, which for those of you that are not from Salina, that's crossing three lanes of traffic to make that right-hand turn and get... So she had turned her minivan sideways, blocking the turn lane and the inside lane, completely stopped, 
people going around her yeah. and just waiting, waiting and waiting. And then finally she just decides she's going to gun it. And there's a car coming down that lane, just about T-bones her, hits the brakes, sideways, goes up over the curb and into Exchange Bank's parking lot there so she can make a right-hand turn. Well, Mom was on her way home that day and, and uh, didn't know how which were, where to turn at. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just make your left-hand turn. Go over to the Dillon's parking lot or whatever. Make your U-turn. I'm sorry that it's going to take 20 seconds longer for you Tell to get again, to where, where you're you going. Tell me where you at, where you in front of. Ohio and Cloud, right there by Dillon's. And okay. So. I'll tell you where it's rough to get in and out of. And, and I, my business is in the Planet, Planet Avenue parking lot. The McDonald's <laughs> on one side and yeah. the Dillon's on the other. They use our, they yep. use our uh, drive Guilty. Our, as, as a pass-through. <laughs> yep. Because coming out of McDonald's, you can't yep. turn left. Yep. So you have to turn and come. So... Uh, We've been doing a little number counter of how many came through there for the last few weeks, and you would not believe the numbers. I believe some day, last two Fridays ago, I think that we counted like 780 cars cut through our business and only like 250 stopped in our parking lot. It's like two to one number or something like wow. that. Wow. It's, it's a... It's a should be paid for by the city, I think. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or at least helped out a little. So, well, the other thing I was going to bring up, and this isn't really a crazy story. This is just a couple things I observed this week that uh, when I kind of sat back and, and saw it on social media, I kind of chuckled a little bit. I thought it's worth bringing up. So, first off, did you see that China is now buying rice from the United States? Oh. First time ever. Trump what they sold rice. To China. That a boy. That's a badass move right there. So, hmm. I yeah. hadn't heard that. There was a private importer that in China that bought rice from, from somebody in the U.S. Was First there some sort happened. of a shortage over there? I can't imagine. No. I cannot imagine. Yeah, I, I think it has to do with some of the, the trade talks that are going yep. on right now. But uh, I thought that was pretty badass that, that Trump sold, sold rice to China. So... <laughs> The other thing that I saw that was kind of interesting, um, on the flip side of that, and we're not going to get into a politics discussion here, but uh, <laughs> so Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, and a couple of other uh, Democrats were flying 3,781 miles to a global climate change summit. One of the topics of that summit was stopping unnecessary contributions to atmosp <laughs> atmospheric CO2 pollution via mm. aviation. Dude, you, you can't make this the, stuff the, up. The hypocrisy from both sides of our government, it just drives anybody that's got a lick of sense uh, crazy. It yeah. has to drive people crazy. <laughs> and then the other one I saw that this was just recent, and I was actually talking to my wife about this one last night, but uh, did, you, did you see the video of Joe Biden talking about his hairy legs and how his hair turns blonde in the summertime? I didn't hear And it. kids like, will run their hands down his legs to mat the hair onto the side of his legs and then <laughs> sit there and watch as it dries and come, pops back up. <laughs> I didn't heard that. <laughs> I mean, then he went on talking about how he loves have kids jump on his lap and i'm just like man this guy's running for president right now these are probably not the videos that you need to have out there on social media no those guys are the there's a meme that i like every time i see it i, I think about my own company express because every time i try to call to talk to someone in the in the uh, headquarters in oklahoma city they're in a meeting and uh, i always think about the meme that says we will continue holding meetings until we find out why there's no work getting done yeah yeah <laughs> yep so well, let's hey, let's head over to the sports segment of our podcast. Um, yeah, I got a couple things I'd like to talk about, but hey, let's let's talk about the Big Twelve Championship game. It literally ended about thirty minutes ago. 
So let's get uh, your fresh take on on the season so far, OU, and what you think. I am actually more than pleased. If you told me at the beginning of the year that we would be eleven and one now, I'd say that's unbelievable. And I'd think, well, my only loss might have came to Woo-hoo! Texas. It might have came because you know at the beginning of the year everybody said, well, Texas is back. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Texas is back every year. Yeah, that, well. So eleven and one, and then today when it, during the game they ran the numbers of Jalen Hurts and it and it showed his numbers to this week are ahead of Kyler and Baker both. He is not near as dynamic a guy as as very boring very, and actually even plays sort of boring, um, but he's actually had one of the best seasons in in, in Oklahoma history. Um, you take away the turnovers, and it would be the best season. In the in the two games here, he had five turnovers, and all five turnovers come on the wrong side of the – twice today inside the 30 to give them their points. I think Oklahoma's defense played as well today as they've played in five years for the entire game. Uh, just I thought they played unbelievable and then ended the game just still running those guys backwards. So maybe they scored 13 points. I think it, with one minute left in the uh, first half – they only had 25 yards of total offense. Yeah, it offense, wasn't much, yeah. Something like that. And then, and then they doubled it on the one right. wild throw into the end zone. So, to be happy with them, and I'll tell you what, that's five straight Big 12 championships. And I, I would think if I was everybody else in the Big 12, I better button up my pants real quick because if their defense starts catching up with their offense, they could run five more off. You don't think Lincoln's leaving at the end of the I don't of the think Lincoln's going anywhere. Why would anybody take the – I mean, that's Dallas Cowboys is what he might be talking about, but – uh I even heard Barry Switzer saying, why in the world would he leave here? He makes more money coaching at Oklahoma and definitely has more job security, and you don't have to put up with those sissy cowboys. Yeah, but you know what? We were, I was, we were talking about this last night. With, I was talking to a couple of buddies about this kind of stuff. We were talking about you know potentially Matt Rule having some opportunity if Baylor keeps moving up. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're, this would be way in the future, and things would have to go really well. But you know, with Kleiman and, and at K-State and, and some of the things he's done, if he can turn that program back around. But, I mean, you can pull a Nick Saban, man. Go to the NFL – you know, you get a pretty big paycheck because yep. you're starting to run out of coaches. I mean, they're going to have – instead of just recycling these same coaches, these at some point they got to go there. get them. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the guy from Texas – Clingsbury from Texas Tech, he opens the door for a lot of those guys because he's actually Absolutely. done a decent job in Arizona this year. And, and he's done a decent job with the running passing quarterback like yep. Lamar Jackson. And uh, to my shock, I think Kyler could eventually become – Pretty close to Lamar Jackson. He's got the same kind of tools. Not as big as Lamar Jackson. Lamar's Lamar's better, of course. Yep. I'm not saying that. But that type of offense could catch on in the NFL and seems to work. Yep, so far. You know what? If it doesn't, you get paid for four or five years, get a pretty yep. big paycheck. And I guarantee you those guys, you know, Lincoln Riley, if, if he went to the NFL for four or five years and it didn't pan out, I mean, what, what the dude's like, what, 30-something, 35, 36 now? Oh, yeah, he'd get another job in college pretty quick, just like Saban did. I mean, obviously that didn't pan out. Well, it's a fun and, debate, pretty fun debate to talk about guys that went from college to pro and maybe are back in college – one one of the best uh, I was reading about. Now, Jimmy Johnson, of course, did it with the Cowboys and yep. won a national championship in Miami. Uh, Barry Switzer did it with the Cowboys, too. But uh, to me, so far, looking at him today, Pete Carroll is unbelievable yep. how yep. good he is. Because he owned USC. They've been terrible since he's left. And, uh, and he does great in Seattle. Yep. Uh, and still a young 67, 68 years old. And, but like you said, those guys can go make a bank. Yep. yep. 
I mean, I, I'll, I'll be surprised if Harbaugh doesn't jump ship again and go back to the NFL. I mean, he's been talked yep. about at Carolina, a couple other jobs that are going to be open. I mean, he just kind of goes back and forth every time. But uh, you know what? He goes back to the NFL, doesn't pan out. He's going to have another job again somewhere in college. Somebody will hire him pretty quick. So The recycle, like you said, is, is probably yep. more prominent in that field. The recycle and their son's getting a job. Yep, yep. I had a list here of the, all the sons that are on NFL assistant coaches, college assistant coaches. Yep. It is an unbelievable list. Yep. Well, real quick uh, before we get into uh, the meat of our podcast, you know, uh, uh, on the sports topic, you know, I, I want to touch briefly on K State. Uh, end of the season, we're done now, except for a bowl game. So just kind of, I sat back this week and and with the first week of not having football games and. Kind of just thought back to the football season, and I'll be honest with you, Philip. I I was not for the climbing hire. I mean, I knew the guy had won. I'll be the first to admit that I wasn't sold. I I don't know that we had better candidates, to be honest with you, but I was not sold. I I had some concerns, honestly. If you asked me at the beginning of the season what I thought we'd do, we'd be five and seven. That would have been my prediction. I said yeah. six and six would have been, and going to a bowl game would have been a very successful season. So, to uh, you know, well, I mean, the media obviously agree with me, picking us ninth in in the conference preseason. So, you know what? To finish uh, tied for third, went over a top ten program, went over an SEC team at their location. I mean, that's probably one of the better non conference wins that the entire conference had. Was uh, was on the road against the SEC. I know Mississippi State's down a little bit this year, but that was a pretty good win. Um, Not if you ask the SEC. They'll still tell you that they still play that great SEC defense. Yeah. So anytime you go beat one of their teams, it's another notch in the Big 12 belt who gets way underlooked. Yep, absolutely. And then dominating KU, which, you know, that that was Snyder's big thing, is you got to win the state first when, yep. you know, when he came 30-some years ago. And and uh, honestly, from, from a K-State fan perspective – Ron Prince didn't see it that way, and there's a lot of things wrong with Ron Prince and I won't even get into, but that was always concerning. So it's good to see those coaches took that game seriously and wanted to make sure we got that taken care of. But here's the thing. If you're not a K-State fan, you maybe don't even know. And this has to do with the, the coach of the year because Matt Rule, yeah, he probably deserves it. But I'm telling you right now, you could make an argument for Chris Kleiman. Pick ninth, finished third. Baylor's picked second in every yeah. poll you saw. When Chris Kleiman was hired at K-State, we had a grand total of zero running backs on scholarship on the team. Zero. And now that goes to show how bad the recruiting was before. I don't even know how that even happens in this day and age in a Power 5 football team. So he had to go find serviceable running backs to even field some, put somebody on the field and give them a, a scholarship for that year. So on top of that, he loses his best two receivers before – Fall practice even starts. One of them transfers. One of them gets kicked off the team. So it was not looking good back August 1st when they were trying to to piece a team together. But, uh, man, I tell you what, honestly, a couple stupid plays, one against Texas, one against West Virginia, and this team could have been 10-2. So I, yeah, I would that's say seven that's seven points huge. in those two games. You yep. only lost by four and lost by three. So 10-2 and two is very probable. Yep. Should have beat West Virginia for sure. So um, – that's nine and three. That's an awful good year. Yeah, I don't know if you ever get to see the the uh, results of the voting and all that. I, I got to think he was probably second in the conference behind Rule and that. But uh, you know, it's kind of cool too because you know, hopefully now we've put to bed the whole can an FCS coach jump to FBS and win. Hopefully, 
hopefully he's helped put that to bed um, and maybe open the door for some of those new coaches again isn't so they're the, not all. Isn't the step from um, NCAA Division One to or FBS to pro even a bigger step than that? You would think. So we expect them to go the pros and <laughs> yeah. win, but we don't expect them to go. Yeah. Hey, if you can coach, you can coach. I think now, now more than any other time in the history of sports, if you can get along with the kids and get them to play for you, because you're not going to you, – you can't coach the way that people used to coach, the screaming and yep. hollering. And yep. it's, it's a whole lot of cheerleading goes along with the coaching anymore. And if you can get those kids to believe in your system, and he must have came in and did a great job of getting them to believe that we're going to still say the, stay the same and, and live under a lot of probably the same policies that Snyder had, but, but you're also going to follow these new ways. And he must have done a great job with it. Yep. And I don't know how old the guy is he climbing. Oh, I, I, he's in his fifties, I think. So not a spring chicken, but but he's got few, for, he's got some years to last. Easier for a Lincoln Riley to come in as a thirty-something oh, year old, and you just kind of fit in with the kids. So him to do that is a great, great yep. job. Yep, and it's uh, you know hopefully the recruiting seems to be going pretty good. We'll we'll see. But you know, thinking about that jump from from NCAA to uh, to the pros, you know, I, it, I always thought this was interesting with Bill Self at KU from a basketball standpoint because. Every one of those guys that goes to KU has started four years in high school. They are the man. Yep. You, I bet it's more dealing with egos and young kids than it is coaching at KU. And you get to the NFL. I mean, those guys are. I would think elite. KU has a similar coaching philosophy as an NBA team does. Yep. And now with just a tiny bit of insight of how it's, how uh, the locker rooms are, and I don't only say a tiny bit of input, just because my nephew has uh, been helping uh, work for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's you know there's little things that he's he said that you know they, they they run their own corporations. Each one of those guys, they're in there as a you know yep. LeBron's got seven people around him, and it's not seven people that right. are on the basketball yeah. team. Yeah, it's not just so, coaching. Yeah, it's not just coaching. So, <laughs> yeah. so you're dealing with seven different business entities, yep. basically. Yep. So, all right, well, let's let's continue on, and uh, we're going to continue from our last episode. Um, seemed to be pretty pop- popular. I had a lot of people reach out to me and, and uh, say some good things about uh, some of the travel hacks that we, we talked about, but we're going to do part two today. I've got quite a few more. And I was just getting warmed up on that last podcast. I've got some pretty interesting ones that I think if you haven't heard this or done this before, you're going to find pretty interesting. So let's kick, jump right in. Philip. I'll let you go with your uh, next travel hack picking up from last week. Hey, I, I've been stranded multiple times now in, uh, in airports, more, more than you would even think. But I guess just I travel to the East Coast during the winter a lot. So you get stuck because of weather anywhere in you know out there. So... So we've been stuck for more than one day and two days and three days. I never pack. I'm a type one diabetic and I never packed a, a, enough insulin. And I always think I've got enough. I ran out of insulin two years ago and uh, you have to call home and get your stuff sent back yep. to a pharmacist up there and everything. So, so this isn't a hack, but if you are a type one diabetic, take twice as much as you think you should <laughs> take of, of insulin. But probably my number one, because I've been stuck in some of these airports and it's uncomfortable it's uh, everybody's fighting for a spot next to a charger because everybody wants to charge their yep. phones and everything. I've thought, done this, couple, pack a pillowcase just because you're going to end up, either your kids are going to be stuck on the floor, you're going to be stuck on the floor, and it is most of the time very uncomfortable. But if you packed a pillow and you had a coat and you can just, I'm, I'm not talking about a pillow, a pillowcase, 
where that you can stuff some of your maybe your jacket or something like that and make an impromptu pillow inside it's a great deal very easy takes up very little space in your in your bag um, you can use it even when you're in the room during the week. Maybe if you want to use your own pillowcase instead of laying your head on some of the pillow places places that we go to. But but anyway, that's my number one. Just pack a pillowcase while traveling. Well, apparently we're both concerned about sleeping because my next travel hack also has to do with sleeping, but not necessarily in the in the airport. So we've all been there before. You're sitting in a hotel, maybe had a late night out with some friends, had a good time. You want to sleep in the next morning. But those curtains never quite close all the way to keep the sun out, especially if you've got the air conditioning unit sitting right underneath there blowing them around. So, But none of us want that little sliver of sunlight coming in in the morning when the sun comes up. So what I do is you go to the closet, and if they got those hangers with the clips for pants and stuff, and, and you can remove the hanger from the rod, take that hanger or hangers, if there's more than one, over to the curtains and clip those curtains closed with the clips that are on those hangers. Good idea. Keeps the sunlight out. Good idea. You know what? The sun, some way, is always able to find my eyes first of the whole family. Always the first one blinded. Yep, keep it out. Uh, I, I have a very simple one. Pack a dryer sheet into your, anytime you go, take a cup, two or three dryer sheets and throw them in with your, you know how you, you if you move, if you were to move during a trip from one hotel to another location, or if you're just traveling and you want to take out something fresh, and you have to throw a, your stinky socks in there or shoes or something like that, having that dryer sheet in there makes you feel like you've got fresh clothes whenever you put them on. My next one, I'm actually going to combine a couple of them into one because they both have to kind of do with luggage. I can tell you that when I travel, I try to carry on as, as often as I can. I think we talked about that a little bit uh, in the last episode, so there are occasions where I try to get as much as I can into one suitcase that I can I can carry on with me. One of the things that I do a lot is I do travel for work, so I do have some dress shoes that I tend to pack and try to keep those nice and, and all that. So what I do is I'll pack underwear and socks. I'll actually stuff them into my shoes. It takes the same amount of room as mm-hmm. just the shoes by themselves, and it keeps the shape on those shoes a little bit. So. Yeah. Uh, kind of helps there and then the other thing i do when i'm packing is instead of folding your clothes and laying them flat roll your clothes if you tightly roll your clothes and put them in there typically you can keep the wrinkles from from setting in and you can fit a lot more clothing items into into your suitcase next on my list and this is uh might not be more of a a travel hack than uh just a public announcement public uh what is that public service? Yeah, public service public announcement. Service announcement. Anytime you're visiting, you're, you're you're visiting someone else's city, you're visiting someone else's bar, whatever. I can tell you, if you will be the nicest guest that they've ever, ever had in their place, um, be kind to them, be good to the waiters, the waitresses. If you, especially more in place, don't act like an entitled jerk. If you just go up and are the nicest person. You wouldn't believe the things, and I'm not talking just just I'm talk, talking about even just the uh, people that you might ride on the bus next to, or the people that you meet and just sitting by in the restaurant or whatever. There's this, uh, and I'm stumbling a little bit because I've got a couple of stories that I want to throw out here. <laughs> Take just a second to tell a couple of these stories. But for years, I've stopped at one place uh, called Beekman's Pub in in New York City. It's just off just off of the Brooklyn Bridge, and there's a little pub on Beekman Street called Beekman's Pub. Went in there and. Uh, Oklahoma was playing on the 
television. So I started talking about him a little bit, and the man that owned the place came over and watched it with me for a little bit and said, oh, I've kind of always been an OU fan. You know, I'm up here in, in the Big East country who have terrible football. So he said, I always try to follow some guys from at down south or out that way. And so he's a little bit of an Oklahoma fan. So so we, we kind of hit it off. Six months, eight months later, we went back again. We walked in the door. He remembered us. First round was on him. So I've probably been there now 12 times now. I don't think that I've had less than three free rounds every time that we've been there. Nice. I took him two years ago. We went up there. I took him an OU jersey or an OU uh, sweatshirt and uh, just threw it over the bar to him and said, we've been thinking about you, wanting to come down here and see you. But anyway, now when I've been in there, he's not even been in there working now. And him and his brothers own this place. We will walk in the door, and his other bartenders and the and the servers up front will go, "Hey, Oklahoma people's back." Yeah. Even though I'm a Kansas guy, but that's what they call us. Always remember us, and always have got free rounds. Yep. Where in the world can you get a free round in a place like yep. New York City? New York City. Yep. This goes on a little bit further, but one time we also, and we've talked about, we've been fortunate enough to go overseas a couple times in our past podcast. But one time years ago, I was born in Wiesbaden, Germany. And uh, my dad was an Air Force guy. And so my mom wanted to take us back many years ago, probably when 18 years ago, took us back over there, showed me and my brother where we lived and where where she lived and where I was born and all that. And then we went up to London. Well, then we took the train from London up to Scotland. Well, on the train, we uh, met a lady and sat with her, and she's having a lot of trouble with her kids. And so we all just kind of chipped in and said, hey, let us help. We'll hold the baby, this, that, and just kind of helped her. She's not a single woman. Her husband is working in London. But anyway, on the train, we just did, just helped her the whole time. Well, by the time we got to Glasgow, she goes, I want to show you people everywhere there is to see. Don't call. So basically, she came for three days, showed us the sights of everywhere to go, had a free homegrown tour guide just from yep. being nice. And that's and the way to travel. It's what it all goes back to is just be nice to people, and I promise you people will tell you the best places to go. People will help you. There's more nice people out there than you can ever dream of, but you got to start off by being nice first. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, Well, one of, my, uh, one of my hacks is an interesting one. Um, like I said, I, I try to carry on as much as possible, but it, there are times when I, I do need to check a bag. And so what I try to do is try to mark my suitcase somehow as fragile. And a couple of reasons I do this. Number one, you've all seen the videos of the people throwing bags around. They do try to, to be somewhat a little bit nicer to your, your suitcase when, if they see that. You're, I mean, probably once in a while you're going to see somebody that's going to laugh and, and toss your suitcase clear across the room. But most of the time they'll try to be a little nicer to that suitcase. And when they put them in the plane, they, they tend to stack those suitcases towards the top of the pile. Nice little bonus with that. Because I hate oh, yeah. standing a baggage claim waiting for my suitcases. Usually those bags marked fragile that are at the top of the pile are also the first ones that come out on the baggage return. So you can get your suitcase and go. I, I really, I, I'm not a big, I don't do a lot of the hacks other than being nice. I am pretty good about being nice. There is one that Lisa has had to use almost every time is compression socks. She, her, she, she literally swells. Her whole leg will, will swell. And since she started wearing those compression socks, and I, that's not even a, just an airplane, long road trips, you yep. know, she can wear compression socks and her feet do not, or, or her legs don't swell near what they do if she's just sitting for eight hours. So taking a pair of compression socks is always a very good idea. Yep. Well, my last one is, is interesting, <laughs> kind of a little funny as we get to the end here, but uh, 
when you're booking travel or when you're booking airfare, I should say specifically, um, one of the things that I like to do is to, uh, and, and this doesn't work quite as well now with uh, as full as they're booking flights compared to how they used to do five years ago. But uh, what we typically do, if it's just Kelly and I, is I'll book the window seat and the aisle seat, and I'll leave that middle seat open. And the reason I do that is because, as everybody knows, nobody wants to sit in that middle seat, especially you know with two strangers, unless you have no choice. So, so a lot of times, if those flights don't fill up, that middle seat's the one that's open. So that tends to give us a full row of seats to ourselves. And you know what? If the flight's full and somebody asks or somebody books that seat and sits down, usually just ask them nicely. If you know I'm traveling with my wife, it's all right if. You know, one of us scoots over and he gets out or, and, and they'll always say yes, you know. Yep. So so that's a way that a lot of times we can get a row to ourselves. And if it doesn't work out, it's fine. But here's here's the other thing I want to I want to mention. And this is people laugh at this, but I'm telling you right now, this works. It's a little dirty, but it works. Southwest. So if you haven't flown a Southwest flight, there's no assigned seats. A, B, C, you get on the plane. So one of the things I, I see it and that drives me crazy. So I will never, we will never book it. See, and I don't, for and, and I don't mind it at all. I, I don't mind it at all. So, but what I do is if I know I'm going to be flying Southwest and, and I'm at a doctor's office or something, I get one of those masks that they always have at the front counter that you, the face yeah. mask that you loop yeah. over your ears. If you get a, you go sit down in your seat and you put that mask on. Nobody wants to sit next to you. Oh, what is that guy those, doing? So China guys wear those yep, everywhere. Yep. They, so so nobody's going to sit in that middle seat next to me unless they absolutely have to. <laughs> so they got to be like C59 before they before that person sits next to me. So Well, we could probably go on and on. There's there's that, so many other little ones and we yep. might talk about some free things. You would not believe how many free things there are in in places that you go that you would really enjoy, but we we'll get into a lot of those another day, but yep. uh, and I need to actually start using some of these and see if I can come up with the help. He's helped me out quite a bit, especially the clipping the curtains together. Good grief! Yep. Why didn't I think of that? 10 exactly. Years ago? Exactly. Yeah, and it works great. So, well, we got one more topic we're going to discuss on this podcast, and uh, you know, it's kind of continuing on with the travel thing. We we're talking about some things that. Uh, that we wanted to talk about and over the over the course of the time we're going to do a lot of lists favorite music favorite tv shows movies all those kind of things but uh, just kind of put a button on the on the travel piece before we move on to some other things one of the things that i wanted to, to chat about and, and as you've listened to the the previous two podcasts i know i i'm a big foodie guy and and that is favorite restaurant so I I actually don't know the answer to this from Philip's standpoint, and I don't think he knows mine either. So, Philip, what's uh, if you had to pick a favorite restaurant, what would you pick? You're talking about on a trip, not just in Salina. Uh, anywhere, your favorite restaurant. If you could go eat anywhere you wanted to right now, where would you go? Well, it would. It would probably people get tired of hearing this, but uh, evidently you know by now that I uh, do like traveling to New York City, and in Little Italy, there's a place called Grotta Azure. Uh, that is, uh, you know, of course, a little Italian place. Just as, just about as good a food as I've ever ate in my life. And every time I've gone back with either my brother-in-law lives up on the East Coast 90% of the time. Um, anytime I've gone with friends, I make sure and always take people there. I don't know if it's the best. The atmosphere, I love the atmosphere. I love the Little Italy, the streets shut down there. The uh, of the couple of blocks that all that's left of Little Italy because Chinatown's taking it over. There's only about a five block strip now 
of the original old Little Italy. But but Grotto Jure would probably be the one place that I would. Uh, if I got off the plane and said we got to go eat somewhere, that's where I'm headed. Yep. Even I, though it may not, like I said, may not be the best food I've ever ate. I've ate a lot of places. I I've got a list uh, longer than my arm of places that I think are awesome. But that that would probably be the one that comes to my head first time. Well, and you know me. I mean, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast, but it's not 100% about the food. Obviously, you got to have good food there, but uh, it's an experience thing for me. I mean, some of the some of the some my favorite places, the food's not that great, but you just have a good time with a good group of friends or whatever and, and want to go back and recreate that. Well, when you don't go to a place very often, or maybe you only get to go to it once or twice a year, and maybe you've only been there 10 years in your life, and they remember you, it makes yep. a difference too. Oh, absolutely. Great does. customer service. And and this is one place that, you know, the men are all the waiters there. Those men have been there ever since the first time I ever went there, probably back in 08 or 09, something like that. And uh, basically the same guys. And they somehow don't know my name, but they always remember me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so I was thinking about this. I obviously asking you the question, I wanted to answer it as well. And I, I was struggling between two. But fortunately, I guess one of them, one one of my favorite ones is is a place we went in Rome. I mentioned on the last podcast the cacio e pepe recipe. That's where we tried that for the first time. The problem is I couldn't tell you the name of it. I couldn't tell you where yeah. it is. We had literally landed. We checked into our hotel. We were hungry. We walked down the street, found a restaurant, sat down, and ate. So can't really give you much information on that place. So. Um, I could, I could tell you kind of the area it would be in Rome, but uh, couldn't tell you where that is. So I went to my next my next favorite, and this this one, um, Gordon Ramsay is my favorite celebrity chef. I just love the guy. I, I I can't explain why. I mean, I we don't miss a TV show he's on, Hell's Kitchen, you know, all those kind of things. But uh, Kelly and I, when we go to Las Vegas, we like to eat, and expensive doesn't always necessarily mean good. But being a Gordon Ramsay fan, he has a, a restaurant. He has a, quite a few of them in Vegas, but we went to a Gordon Ramsay Steak in the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. And that is by far my favorite place I've been to outside of that place in Rome. I, I've, it was best food or just all best the above. All the above. The, so, I mean, the guy truly, it, it's funny because. You know, he doesn't, his dishes aren't innovative, I would say. I mean, there's nothing, not much he does that is kind of out of the box. You have a lot of younger chefs trying to make their way today and, and trying to do all this fancy stuff with new um, techniques and things like that. You know what they say about that, don't you? Making your way in the world today takes well, I didn't know we'd be singing here got. today, but... Uh, uh, yeah, but he just it. he does some of those traditional things, but <laughs> but his restaurants do them well. the The service is always top notch. The drinks are excellent. So first time I went there, had a couple mm. cocktails. You know, everything was great. Um, if you do know who I'm talking about, you watch uh, uh, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Kelly got the beef Wellington. She was not a vegetarian yeah. first time we went there. You have to get a beef Wellington if you go to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. And it was, I'm not a mushroom fan, and it has much that duck cell or whatever they call it that's in there. But um, I had a steak, perfectly prepared, Brussels sprouts. You know, let, talk about Brussels sprouts for, for 30 seconds here. Do you guys eat Brussels sprouts at your house? You know that Lisa just, she makes them for me and her, and we'll put... Uh of course, you bake them in the oven, whatever, but she puts uh, cheese on top of them and everything. 
I never knew I liked them until one day I was in Lawrence, Kansas, and there's a restaurant on downtown Lawrence that used to be the old bank. I tried to stay away from there. So you're not a big, not a big Lawrence fan. But anyway, we, we were down there. We were going to watch a, a concert in the theater downstairs, and I ate those Brussels sprouts, and I said, I never in my life knew I liked them this much. Well, then we came home and figured out how to make them, and they are, I love them. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And most people now, that don't like Brussels sprouts think about the way your mom used to do them. You yep. steam them, yep. put them on a plate, yep. maybe a little bit of butter on there. And yeah, mushy. mushy, nasty. So uh, we actually tried this or had this in Aspen quite a few years ago, um, but we do this all the time at our house now where we take the Brussels sprouts, cut them in half, put them on a baking sheet, and roast them in the oven. The catch is, go get yourself some slab bacon from Dillon's or whatever and chop that up into some little chunks. Yeah. Put that in there so it kind of cooks in the bacon fat as that bacon's rendering. And then right before they're done, we have a balsamic vinegar glaze that we just put over the top of it, mix them up real quick. Even my 13-year-old daughter loves to eat them. Yeah. I would have never eaten Brussels At sprouts. 13, there's no, and you're right, my mom boiled them. And then if you want them to taste like anything, you put a lot of salt and pepper on it. Yep, absolutely. I think Lisa had put uh, melted mozzarella all over the top of yep. the ours the other day and kind of baked it in where the mozzarella was just a little bit burnt, and uh, they were unbelievably good. Yep. Well, well, and got a little off track there, but back to the Gordon Ramsay steak real quick. Um, one of the things I've always wanted to try was roasted bone marrow. I wanted to go someplace where I knew the person or the, the yeah, chef good, there yeah. knew how to prepare it. And so that was the first thing I had there, and uh, I think I think some people call it God's butter. It's pretty damn good. So <laughs> they just roast it, and you and you just take it out. I know some of you are cringing right now. Take a little butter knife, take it out of there, put it on some bread. Very, it's it's, it's very similar to butter, but kind of has a sweet nutty flavor to it. The texture is great. Put it on some steak as well. It's it's really good. But at the end of the meal, he has a dessert. He doesn't have on the TV shows. I've never seen it on his TV shows. We asked the waiter the first time we were there, we want to share a dessert. What do you recommend? They said, have you ever had a sticky toffee pudding? Nope. Try it. So we got this. Uh, wow, am I glad that he recommended that. So uh, that's that's my favorite dessert I've ever had in my life, except for maybe Emerald's Banana Cream Pie. Outside of Las Vegas? It, it's a Gordon Ramsay thing. But you can find the recipe online. It, it's all over the place. It comes. It's got this kind of small, spongy pudding cake type thing. It's got a, a scoop of brown butter ice cream next to it, and they have this little pitcher that has like this caramel sauce in it that they pour over the top of everything. Mm. Oh man, it is so so good. My, my mouth is watering right now. So, well, I go back to is when I was a little kid. I remember, and and they're closed now. But in Ada, Oklahoma, there was a place called Bob's Barbecue, and I couldn't wait to get back to Bob's Barbecue. Woo! Best barbecue in the world at the time. Now it's closed, of course, but uh, but it makes me think of the think of about uh, what's your favorite place to ever eat. And I can go through spins of my life and go, well, this used to be, and this is now, and now this is. And yep, I I, I would like to make that list one day if anybody else wants to <laughs> get on Facebook and just throw throw places out there that you've yeah, ate, let us know. Uh, let us know where where you love to eat and your favorite kind of foods and that kind of stuff. It's actually a pretty fun subject to get into it because uh, we all eat. Yep. No, I'm and I'm I'm not I'm not opposed to you know traveling a little ways if if I hear of a good place. So yeah, if there's some places here, you know maybe start here in in the middle of Kansas, but uh, some places that you guys know in in Kansas here or somewhere close that uh, are your favorites, let us know absolutely.
Have you got a favorite in town, or you want to talk about that today? Oh, I'd have to think about that, to be honest with you. Let's save that one. We'll, yeah. we'll come. We'll, we'll do an episode on Salina here in the near future, maybe in some things, and and uh, maybe talk about that one. I got a couple of them. I'd have to think about that before I end. Me too. I, there, there, there's two or three places I really like eating, but it depends on what I'm in the mood for at the moment. Yep. I suppose. Well, uh, uh, this comes to the end of the podcast. Here, we're we're starting to butt up on some time, and you know, from from a recipe standpoint, as you guys know, I like to throw out a recipe. I'm not going to go too much in into depth. I'm, I'll post the recipe on. On the Facebook page, as I have before, I shared a picture on our Facebook page quite a few weeks ago uh, of risotto with some shrimp on there, just kind of teasing everybody a little bit. That's something that we do make uh, at our house quite a bit. And the reason I like risotto is it's pretty easy to make. It takes a little bit of time. A couple secrets you need to know that I'll go through here in just a second. But the cool thing about it is there's really nothing. From a flavor standpoint, there's not a lot to the risotto. It's a good dish. But you can do with it what you want. It's kind of a blank canvas, I guess, if you will, if you want to consider culinary as an art. But, you know, as, as, I, as I put the recipe on there, just a couple quick things I want to mention is you want to make sure you have everything ready to go. Because once you start, it happens quick until you start adding the broth and, and you're stirring it. So uh, have everything ready to go in bowls ahead of time so you can just start throwing it into the, into the pan and, and going with that. And then the other thing that uh, you need to make sure that you do is you have to use arborio rice for this. Um, regular rice does not work for risotto. It doesn't have enough starch to it. And that starch that comes off the rice is really the key to, to making the dish. And then the last thing I'll say is is you got to make sure you stir. So you're going to see recipes for like instant pots and stuff like that where you don't stir. You just throw the stuff in and go. And those are good but it's better if you stir because you want to get all that starch off that rice. It's really amazing when you make this dish because you see all those little rice granules that you throw in the pot, and they will take six cups or more of liquid in the in a cup of rice. And you think about that, you make white rice, and it's usually like a cup and a quarter of water to a cup of rice. There's some ratio there. I'm not sure what that is, but it's pretty close to each other. With this, you put like you use like a cup of rice, and it will take six cups of liquid before it's done. And those things will be so huge compared to the way you started. So, But I will post that on our Facebook page so you can get that. You know, we, we like to put lemon juice and lemon zest in there, throw some peas in there, frozen peas right at the end, and, and let the residual heat from the, from the risotto cook those peas. I've made it before with some um, sliced up smoked chicken and some asparagus that we cut up and threw in there. So you can really – mushroom risotto is very popular – I've even seen corn risotto before, so so you can really do whatever you want with it and and make it into what you want. It does take a little bit of wine in there, so the good thing is is use about a half a cup of wine, and then you have seven eighths of a bottle left to drink with it. So good. That's it. <laughs> and uh, the Parmesan cheese it takes a lot of Parmesan cheese. If you listen to uh, my, our last podcast, and I do know I had a I had a uh, one of our listeners texted me the other day because they were trying to make the pasta dish and had a little problems with the sauce clumping up and so we were kind of talking through that while I was trying to make my own dinner and and uh, from all accounts I've heard afterwards it went well and they got everything saved and it was a pretty darn good dish but good for if you bought a wedge of parmesan um, to make that one use some of that in this recipe as well so I'll get that posted on our Facebook page yeah that's really all I've got Philip anything you want to you want to close out anything is remember what Kevin said about the turn lanes that's yeah. uh, 
Uh, yeah, please I, don't kill I, us. I was going to say earlier. I was going to say earlier this uh, where I, where we're at down in on Ninth Street is between the you know right there between Dillon's and the, I, that area up in front of us has got a wreck a day. Yep. I mean, I would like to see yep. the numbers on it, but the the corner there on Magnolia and uh, Ninth Street, yep. the new blinking yellow lights, which I love them. Yeah. <laughs> But my lord, people can't. People can't. Them out. I remember the first time they put the double turn lane on Broadway yep. or on uh, Night Street turn onto Broadway. Yep. And then I remember when they started doing the two uh, drive-through lanes at like McDonald's and stuff. People in this town have absolutely no clue what the yellow, the yellow blinking light. I I would assume has caused half of the wrecks that occur at Magnolia and Night Street. It's just it's daily. Someone just pulls right out in front of somebody when they get that yellow light. And I don't know if they're rushing. I don't know. We we need to all get something in the mail that explains to us what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was in the paper, but we haven't gotten that paper yeah, we yet. We haven't so. seen it yet. It's in the mail. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, uh, everybody, for listening to episode number four. We'll be back here. Try to get one more episode in before the Christmas break, right before Christmas. So hopefully when you do some Christmas travels, uh, we'll have another podcast drop you can listen to. And uh, until next time, good luck with your Christmas shopping, and uh, we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.